All right. Well, I'm here with Irvin and Caitlin and Liz, and, and I want to talk about Black History Month. But we got a lot of other stories first, uh, starting with Liz, who can give you a ride to space. You, too, can be the boy in the bubble or girl or other. Uh, a uh, Japanese company called uh, Iwaya, uh, which uh, is uh, has has a. Uh, developed a, a product which is a space balloon um i kind of want to show this on the screen i don't know uh screen sharing stable yeah, but oh, let me let me enable it um this thing it looks amazing um there now you can share the screen go ahead oh great uh so this company called iwaya has developed this um this wow. capsule that you can, oops, this capsule that you can uh, ride in. That looks like Jules Verne's. It really does look like Jules Verne. That's why I wanted to show the picture because it's really I something. It looks like the, I was thinking it looks like the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Yeah. Right. You World can strap yourself into this thing here. Get yourself uh, strapped in and uh, ride this thing uh, up into the uh, atmosphere. Uh, and get some views of the sky and earth right now it costs 180 grand to do this oh um but they are hoping to get the prices down to uh they said in, in here tens of thousands of dollars so um and, and then what happens when a fighter jet shoots you down well i kind of wondered about that when they mistake you for a uh chinese spy craft what would happen i also kind of wondered you know going 18 miles up into the uh, atmosphere with this thing might <laughs> be a little scary. 18 miles. That's what they 90, said. 90,000 feet. How many thousand feet? Uh, okay. So this says it can go up 15 miles, 15 miles, 5,000 <laughs> to a mile, 75,000 feet. Wow. I didn't know any of them went that high. Yeah, and it's so small. It's only 4.9 feet wide, and it's airtight. So one for the pilot, one seat for the pilot, one seat for the passenger. Wow. Better hope you have a cool pilot for this. They have some more um, pictures of the... Uh, there's some more pictures of the spacecraft in the article, and it's, it's just very interesting looking. Oh, yeah. um, it really does look like something out of a, a science fiction movie. Yeah. So we can finally prove that the earth is flat. <laughs> That's true. It would be useful for science like that. Yeah. Uh, and so they've been working on it for over a decade. Um, it should be, it should be pretty interesting when these things, uh, when these things start uh, actually taking on passengers. Yeah, I remember about 10 years ago, there was a guy in Texas for his birthday that just trapped a lawn chair to 200 balloons and took off and ended up at like 20 or 30,000 feet interfering with traffic and having to, he had planned to like lower the thing, which he had a shotgun to shoot the balloons with. Yeah, did I, I vaguely remember that. Did he make it or not? Yeah, he made it. He got up. He Suddenly he was like way too high and freezing and he couldn't breathe, but he managed to shoot enough balloons to make it down in time. Wow. Uh, yeah, pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to do it, you ought to like actually, you know, have a test and calculate how many balloons to use and stuff like that. But he didn't bother with any of that. 
at least these guys are seem to be doing some fairly rigorous testing. Um, you know, I'm wondering how uh, I'm wondering how that goes. You know, with international governments and stuff, uh, it's, it's just very interesting. They didn't get that in depth into it, uh, but but supposedly uh, you can apply now, and the deadline is uh, the end of August. So they're they're picking their initial batch of five passengers and announcing in uh october so you well, got 180 grand well, well, as, well as you know as a city college teacher i could certainly afford that easily but anyway i don't think i will <laughs> yeah maybe you could get them to pay for it as a professional development yeah yeah sure that sounds very plausible <laughs> all right all right uh anyway let's go on to caitlin who has uh christian nationalism yeah so this is something i didn't really understand was such as big of a problem as it currently is. So just FYI, I don't keep up with a lot of Christian nationalist news. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but uh, I think it's important to go back to the history. And so in the mid 20th century, there was a group called the Silver Legion of America. This was led by someone named uh, William Dudley uh, Pelly. And basically, he combined, you know, Christian, American Christianity, which it's, it's it really is its own thing, with a sort of white nationalism, and that's the birth of the Christian nationalist movement in the United States, and it really has been and continues to be very much tied with white nationalism. In fact, I think it's the probably the modern version of white nationalism. It's it's the wedge that because I think a lot of people know that white nationalism is just inherently bad. But there's a lot of people that secretly sort of support it. And they're they they're trying to find ways to make it acceptable in society. So now the trick is to call it Christian nationalism. And I'm not saying it's it doesn't have huge Christian components, because it absolutely does, but it also has this huge white nationalist component as well. Um, and this is very much the 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 modern Christian nationalist movement is a very much a modern 21st century um, uh, push or, or construction, right? It's built off of the Silver Legion of America, um, but there's this new push called the what's it called the the Christian Liberty Party and the American Readout Movement, which are the, which are the two modern versions. They're basically the same thing. Um, basically, what they want is they want you know Christian control. Um, and, and they're very explicit about Christian control. Um, but it's also, you know, white Christian control. Uh, and they're very much into like gender roles. They don't want people serving in government that aren't, you know, their version of Christianity. So they'll, so, you know, no Catholics allowed to serve in government. I mean, it's a, it's a fascist movement essentially and, and a very terrible one. Uh, and there is this this person, this guy made wrote an article. Uh, so let me pull up, let me see, share browser. Here we go. So this brings us to the article, the RNS Religion News Service. And, and this person wrote an article, uh, Jack uh, Jenkins uh, wrote this article where he goes to the, the readout, uh, readout area. So the readout movement, basically it boils down to like, hey, if you like the idea of Christian nationalism, come to Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming, and you can then become part of this uh, readout movement. 
uh, and people are just migrating into this small area and they all share these sort of similar values of, of fascism. Uh, and what's really scary is that there are people like Marjorie Taylor Greene outright saying, yes, I am a Christian nationalist. And that has very serious implications. I mean, it's basically the same thing as coming out and saying, I'm a white nationalist. Yep. You know, but of course it's it's dog whistly, right? So they're not gonna say, I'm a white nationalist, I'm a you know, Christian nationalist. And it and it, it should be noted that white nationalism in and of itself was always rooted in this sort of Christian, you know, Protestant, you know, rhetoric as well, that you know, Christians are number one and Christians should be ruling everything. They just moved the focus of the narrative away from whiteness to Christianity. Um, and so they so this uh, author goes to this uh, readout area and sees what's going on. Like, is this really happening? Are people moving in? And the answer is yes. It's really becoming this big movement of people that are going into these towns, uh, moving in, transplanting. A lot of people are going, showing up in these meetings, for example, um, and saying things like, I just moved here and I want liberty uh, because, you know, and and I want this to be a Christian area because I just moved here. I'm, I'm trying to get away from the liberals. And one of the things that really pushed this movement recently was COVID-19 uh, policies. So a lot of the people that were really pissed off that, you know, they couldn't get their hair done in the middle of the pandemic uh, decided to, they would join this readout movement and go to like Idaho and where they had very few, you know, COVID restrictions um, and they were just living it up, which I mean, ar arguably, I think that's not a bad idea. Like if you don't, if you're one of those people that really dislikes, you know, public policies, health and safety policies, you know, having an area where you can all gather around and get sick together. I mean, in theory, that's not a bad idea. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is, it really drove up the population in these areas. Um, and, and there are people that outright states you know, yeah, we don't want, we want to create a, a part of America, and we might even secede to make this happen, where only, you know, if you're a certain faith, you can run for office, for example. And you, would, of course, have to be white and blah, blah, blah. Um, and you, you, there's a sign here. I thought this was very uh, interesting and very unique to the readout region, is that on the side of buildings, like if you go to this movie theater, there's a list of all the nearby churches you can go to which is like so strange. Uh, but this is sort of the culture they're trying to make. And it is, and I should also note, note that it's also a sexist culture. Like they really don't want, they want to create like this patriarchal society as well. Uh, and they're just, yeah, like I said, it, it's becoming a big movement. They're all gathering into the small area where they're gathering power uh, in order to do this stuff. I remember uh, seeing a, I saw a documentary a year or two ago about this and it, it was sort of the same deal where this this cult or fundamentalist church had moved into town and wanted to wanted to do this to also totally racist but the the residents were not down with it i want to say it was in idaho or iowa or or one of these states and it's it's interesting it's interesting because uh, you know one of the things that uh, that Marjorie Taylor Greene's been saying in her um, you know secessionist speeches is how if somebody moves from a red state or a blue state to a red state they shouldn't be able to uh, vote for five years because they don't want them bringing their their liberal values and this this to me seems like sort of the opposite of that they they want to. Uh, 
come into a place and completely transform it into a uh, fundamentalist uh, theocratic hellscape. And uh, whatever the, the existing residents want, too bad. Right. Yeah. No, they're, they're really moving into these communities, which are which were historically very small agricultural communities. And they're trying to create a new Christian theology. Uh, and like I said, very much intertwined with white nationalism and, you know, fascist conservative conservatism. And guns. And guns, of course. You know, what's, what's really interesting is that there's a huge libertarian bent to a lot of their, their speech. Uh, so they'll say things like, you know, I moved, you know, to the readout area to be free, to not have the government interfere with my stuff, while they are creating a government that is more sort of restrictive and, you know, it, they basically want they basically want total control over the government for themselves and for no one else. Like, yeah, I wouldn't call these libertarian values. Maybe like, uh, maybe like designed to seem like it on the surface, but uh, so, seems like there's a, a whole lot of I want to control everyone else around me going on here. And this stuff is ascending in politics very fast. I mean, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene is now effectively the Speaker of the House, and um, Ron DeSantis, the land where woke went to die is 100% on board with all this stuff and very likely to be the next president. Right. And, and the article actually talks about that, where Ron DeSantis, a lot of Ron DeSantis's more horrible moves are part of appealing to the white, uh, sorry, the, the Christian nationalists slash white nationalist yeah. you know, movement that's going on in this specific region. And that's why it sort of flew over my radar is that it's really happening in this small region in the, of the United States, but there could be a few, a few states where they take over and even, like I said, try to secede uh, from from the Union. Yeah. Well, this is Fitz writing on my stuff. I ended up with Black History Month, not a topic that I usually talk about because I don't know much about it, but I ended up here. So there's an article on Salon about the Buffalo shooter, and the Buffalo shooter shot up a supermarket full of Black people because he'd been radicalized online to hate Black people. And then he tried to apologize, and they were not taking his apology, but they're talking about the process whereby he got radicalized. And Fox, I've been hearing more from my my podcast I listen to from Never Trumpers about Fox, and it is incredible. This is Black History Month, and Fox has had a few daytime programs actually about Black history, but mostly they've celebrated Black History Month by pushing massive racism every single day of Black History Month. Tucker Carlson, mostly, and other his gang of, of racist bigots go on, and they push the white replacement theory and talk about how white people are discriminated against and can't get a job and and uh, push this constantly, hammering it, because as has come out in these text messages in the lawsuit, Fox just says whatever the audience wants to hear. They're basically an a, uh, a entertainment medium, and they know that this is what their audience wants to hear, something that makes them mad. It's their product, so they just feed them the red meat without any regard for whether it's true or what the consequences are. The only consequences they care about is their stock price. And so he's pushing it and hammering it because it's a, a sellable product in America now. And that's why I, I tend to agree with Al Franken, who on his comedy tour said the leading cause of death in 2021 was Tucker Carlson. Um, and I think the primary way he killed people is by pushing anti-vaccine, which he certainly did, which probably killed at least 200,000, maybe a million people in America. But he's trying to catch up with that by stirring up race hatred, which is his number one cause. Always the immigration theory, you got to block all the immigrants, you got to put all the black people in their place. And it apparently has really had an effect on Scott Adams, 
the creator of Dilbert, to where he just came out and said, white people should avoid black people because you can't trust them because surveys show that black people feel like there's something wrong with white people. How could anybody possibly feel like that? And, How could, uh, yeah, I know. How can you watch an hour of Tucker Carlson and think something's wrong with white people? <laughs> I know, but, but surveys show like 30% of black people think there's something wrong with white people. He says, that's terrible. I said, boy, I'd say there's something wrong with white people. I feel very strongly there's something wrong with white people. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so then there was a report that came out, which was pretty impressive, saying that all U.S. extremist mass killings this year have all come from the far right. This is a talk. This is a, a, a both sides am I often hear. Oh, there's extremists on the left, too. They want to do crazy things in the government and they will blow things up. And I said, yes. During the Vietnam War in the 60s, there was the weathermen that blew up some buildings to protest from the left. And in Central America, there are leftist dictatorships that crush everyone's rights from the left. That can happen. It just hasn't happened in 50 years in America. So, so okay. So, yeah. So, so there's also another little false narrative in there as well that a lot of right wing fascist governments use left wing narratives. And it's and so you know you ha you you have people, for example, on Fox News claiming that like the Nazis were left wing. I mean, it is the nationalist socialist party, right? They no, I, never so much, I never hear much about their social safety net and and subsidized medical care and anything. I never heard yeah. about the Nazi regime having much of that socialism happening. Exactly. No, that that's the thing is that they fascist regimes tend tend to exist within. You know, they they use the language of populism, which is oftentimes, you know, very left leaning. And so that there's always a veneer of leftism whenever you have these far right, you know, fascist governments. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, don't, you know, don't, you know, the, the left tends to, tends to not be a, a source of fascism in, in, in general. I'm not well, saying, you know, yeah, there can't be bad leftist people out there and stuff like that. But in general, when you hear things like leftist fascism, that, that tends to be kind of a, a exaggerated right wing spin. Yeah, of sorts. it certainly is, yeah. it applies to America. So anyway, I was impressed. I mean, these um, the total number of killings yeah, from in the 1990s, there were seven mass killings. In 1980s, there were two mass killings. And there have been 26 mass killings in the last 12 years, which exceed the last 40 years put together. And they've all come, all the ideologically driven killings all come from the far right, almost all white supremacy. So this is the current problem really coming through a society being pushed by the same forces and rising to high levels of power. Donald Trump was very close to it. And Ron DeSantis and Marjorie Taylor Greene are the kings and queens of it. And um, anyway... Uh, the last one I thought was uh, on the same topic was the Illinois police have warned people, I didn't know this, tomorrow is the National Day of Hate for the anti-Semites to attack Jews. And they've warned the Jews in synagogues to be aware of this. This is some kind of anniversary they celebrate uh, from the white, the white supremacists that hate Jews. So uh, this is a problem. And this is just what was predicted. I've listened to the political scientists for the last couple of years. They predicted this is what our next civil war will look like. It will be like the Irish Troubles, where you have a bunch of these lunatics out there shooting people, supermarkets, blowing things up uh, for their crazy cause. And that's sort of like a fire that's spreading through the brush. And it's really hard to put out because it's not centralized and organized. It's just a lot of people radicalized to the extreme belief. So this yeah. is the uh, political problem of our time. And they all seem to be migrating to the American Northwest. 
Oh, there's a lot Central of it in the South. Yes. The Northwest has always had a certain brand of it. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's all over the place. It's in Chicago. It's in San Francisco. There's KKK in San Francisco. There's people putting out anti-Jewish flyers in San Francisco. I've seen them now and then. It's um, it's everywhere. Anyway, then we got Irvin, who has appeared. And uh, let's hear about the Fourth Circuit. The Fourth Circuit said that it is legal for us to live stream whenever we get into a traffic stop. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Cops cannot tell you that they that you can't film them, you can't record them when they stop you. It's perfectly fine. The problem about this case is that uh, you can't hold the individual officers accountable. So they, they didn't want to lean in on that. You know, I think I can see a business model here. If you could pay something and buy a camera just for this purpose that automatically came on, like every time you stopped your car, I think that would be a good thing to buy. Because so yep. many traffic yep. stops turn into horrible abuse yep. cases. Yeah, or or they could they could get a camera that you put on your dash. Yeah, they could call it a a dashy cam or something, a cami dash. Those, but most of those go outside the car. I mean, yeah. this would have to be like a shining from the side to catch you and what's going on outside the window. But yeah, you know, I, right, I, you have to point out the the two passenger windows so yeah, that you I can think, see that interaction. You know, Teslas might have it. I've heard. I know that Teslas have a video of anybody that comes near your car, so you can see like who vandalized your car or who tried to break in. Tesla's might yeah, do but this. not everybody, not everybody can afford a Tesla. Well, yeah, but I mean that might be another selling point. If I was marketing, I don't think Elon Musk would like be. marketing it this way, but I would market it to like uh, deal with racist cops. Yeah. yeah, but yes, you can use your cell phone to record them, and they the cops cannot take your cell phone away. You can live stream to your heart's content. Well, they certainly do. And I bet they're going to keep doing it because uh, the cops often don't know the law and they often think you don't know the law. But anyway, it'd be well, good if this holds up. Right. The town where this right. took when place it... tried to tell a guy that he couldn't do it because that he couldn't live stream because it was due to a, a local city policy saying that you can't live stream to protect our cops real time due to real time security uh right their, their fear is that oh everybody else is going to run over to this area now right yeah that, that reminds me of a, a case about 10 years ago where a high school student filmed their teacher saying awful racist things and the school responded by impounding everybody's phones and banning <laughs> using phones In, instead of you know maybe saying we shouldn't have teachers saying racist things in the class no, that, that was not the response <laughs> yeah all right Let's go back to Liz, who's going to put electrodes in your brain. This is a really cool story. Uh, the uh, it's it's out of the. Um, I'm sure that I'm going to mispronounce these. Uh, Linköping, uh, Lund, and Gothenburg universities in Sweden uh, have uh, successfully grown uh, electrodes in living tissues, and this is so cool. It's a continuation of some research that they did uh, published back in 2015, where they were able to um, create these bionic roses that had uh, Im uh, implanted uh, electronic circuits in the, in the plant cells. Uh, but 
human or or animal doing this with animals is a lot harder because the you know with plants cell walls are hard and there aren't their um anatomy isn't as complex so you know they don't have to do things like think about uh you know the organism's immune system like you do with with animals and um so these researchers managed to uh they were they were using um zebrafish uh, for their experiment. And they managed to inject this gel into um, different places in the in brain, heart, uh, and tail fins of the zebrafish. Uh, and it worked. It created uh, electrodes inside of the organs and it didn't hurt the fish at all. They're fine. Wow, this is great. Yeah, super cool. Uh, because, you know, I, I, my first thought was... Um, like stroke victims um, and, uh, you know, pacemakers, people, when, when people get pacemakers implanted for arrhythmia, how, how amazing would it be if they figure out a way to do it using this technology? Well, you know, Elon Musk's Neuralink, where he wanted to put um, electrodes in the brains of normal people just so you could connect to Google and stuff. The problem is there's too much brain damage putting in the electrodes and yeah. infection and stuff. So, I mean, this could really be awesome. We could become yeah. a Borg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And then Caitlin's got the FBI and ad blockers. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when ad blockers first came out, website owners were saying, this is illegal and you're, you're pirating and, and people, and there was a huge ethical discussion. And, and so, you know, they, oh, we should get the cops involved and make laws against ad blockers or something. I know Google's trying to get rid of ad blockers. Uh, but now it turns out, um, that the FBI thinks that you should be using an ad blocker <laughs> officially. So uh, the Evening Standard uh, has this article written by, let's see, by, uh, can't read that, uh, Saqib Shah, uh, talking about, let's see, yes, talking about the FBI now recommends using an ad blocker. So they put out a public service announcement service announcement for safely browsing the web and one of their topics was yes use a ad blocker so there we go it's now settled you should be using an ad blocker and, and I, I agree uh and and i think it's good to uh to go a little bit more in depth into why the why that they said in, that the in their advisory too right right i mean well one one of the big reasons why you really want to use a, an ad blocker is because that's a, a good way for I should say one 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 popular method of of exploiting users is through ads on websites that you might go to. So, for example, you, an attacker can target websites that are legitimate by putting their ads, you know, that redirect people to like malicious sites on on pages. And so, you know, you really have to be careful about ads that are being loaded on pages. They can contain you know, links or outright viruses, they can have like redirect, stuff like that, uh, that can be used to, for example, run scams. Uh, one of the big things, of course, is the tech support scam where you go to a web page, suddenly all these, this ad redirects you to a page saying you have a virus, call our tech support now, you know, and you have to do that. Um, and the, the other thing, of course, is just having malware embedded within the adware itself. Uh, within the ad so that you download the ad. It, it contains things like uh, potentially things like uh, key loggers, um, 
backdoors onto your system or your browser, uh, stuff like that. So Track, yeah. tracking, aggressive yeah. tracking across the internet as well. Uh, oh yeah. And of course, yeah. Uh, aggressive tracking of course is a big thing. Um, but that, that's more of a, uh, that's less of a, aggressive tracking is more of a corporate issue, privacy issue than a illegal issue, but it's still something you have to think about when you browse the web is that these ad blockers do, you know, protect your anonymous, you know, anonymous nature on the internet to a certain degree, not entirely, but to a certain degree, they can help. Well, I would argue that there are are criminals using uh, ad tracking to harm harm users. Uh, But that said, you know, aside from the security and privacy concerns, usability, like I uh, notice when I'm using like a work device that uh, is locked down, I can't install extensions on a network that isn't using like, say, a pie hole to solve this at the network level. Uh, usability is just atrocious. I mean, I've been using ad blockers for since they came out. And so the user experience is just so much different on a device and a network where you're just getting, it's like a fire hose. The usability of these websites, I mean, you got to scroll and click through 18 different pop-ups. I mean, it's it's just crazy. It reminds me of, kind of reminds me of the early days of uh, the internet and internet advertising where you've got these like autoplay videos, you've, you you follow click jacking attacks, falling into click holes. I mean, it's really kind of crazy uh, because the stuff renders the actual content unusable in many cases. Yeah. And if you want to see something really funny, so if we go back to the article here, you'll see that, of course, I have ad blockers. I have both browser blockers and uh, a pie hole. And they're the advertisers on the page talking about how you should use an ad blocker are you know, very much absent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. And uh, so then I was very interested to see this. It actually came out last year. I did not know this. So Apple put on a feature where you can, with one click, opt out of tracking. And this greatly hurt Google. And Google got upset. So Apple devices make it easy to not send much data to Google anymore. And they're increasing the rules so apps can't track you so much. But under the hood, Apple is tracking everything you do. And they're not blocking their own tracking. And they don't need to use an app to track you because they own the operating system on your iPhone. So the system processors can just send data back to Apple. And they do. And Apple was concealing that. But if you jailbreak your phone, you can see how much data is going back. And this is something I did not know. Apple is selling ads, targeted ads. They're putting it in the Play Store and in their App Store and other places. And they're making money by targeting ads. So they're imitating Google and they're sucking all the data from their customers while posing as the champion of privacy, which, by the way, is true in the sense that Google does it much more efficiently. <laughs> so blocking the ads from Google probably protects your privacy more than letting Apple have it. But anyway, that was interesting to me. I thought Apple did not sell advertising, but that is not true. Anyway, let's go on to Urban. How do you think they're going to make more money? Well, I thought they made the money by selling hardware. But apparently they're moving into the uh, targeted advertising game. Anyway, Irvin can help us because AI is going to do all the work for us. Yes. Well, 
they're saying 39% of the chores that we do at home, like cooking, cleaning, child care, elder care, could be theoretically replaced by AI in, in a couple of years, in the next decade. Also, homework and uh, publish, writing articles and making podcasts and everything. Yep, yep. All those things will be taken out. So we will find new and better things to do with our time as AI takes over. We can focus all our time on coming up with reasons to hate our neighbors neighbors for being a different race or something. Oh, oh I heard I heard that there was a sci-fi magazine that had to turn off submissions because so many people were writing AI articles about sci-fi. And sorry, I mean, what I mean to say is that the AI was writing the articles. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, I can't, that I phrased that incorrectly, but the AI was writing so many articles that they had to like turn off submissions. Yeah. They're wasting all their time reviewing articles that are coming from chat GPT. Yep. All right. And so let's go back to Liz who says Activision got hacked. Well, not only did they get hacked, but uh, they didn't tell their own employees. They reported it publicly, but they didn't report it internally. And that's especially problematic because the uh, initial method of compromise was the hacker fished an employee. So if you don't tell your employees about these things in the right in the right way um and 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 you know blame and recrimination is is not the way to go with this uh you use it as a learning experience uh if you don't use it as a learning experience then folks never learn and this is going to keep happening yeah that's actually strange and backwards normally you tell your employees and you try to prevent it from getting out of the public which would affect your stock price not telling your internal people is a really strange policy right like this i i I don't i I don't think this is the best method of incident response (laughs) yes far from it (laughs) all right and Caitlin has got the one that's going to get us banned again about the COVID vaccine, nineteen vaccine. Well, we're just not going to use that word. We're not going to use certain keywords when talking about this article. So, uh-huh. so there's a conspiracy theory uh, that states, and I do want to point out that this conspiracy theory is false, straight off the straight off the bat, as most conspiracy theories are, that people are dying from taking a certain vaccine to stop a virus. Well. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, no, I mean, exactly. Allegedly. It, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. And so a study was done. Let me pull this up. Uh, major. It's called the impact of vaccine on major adverse cardiovascular events. Something, something, something. We're not going to name name what. Uh, by Joy Jiang, uh, Lili Chan, uh, Justin Kaufman, uh, Jagat Narula, uh, Alexander uh, Charney. Wansak O Glorish Nadkami and the N3C Consortium. And so they looked at the, this was sort of a meta study of sorts, looking at the outcomes of people who have taken a certain vaccine versus not, and whether or not they had a uh, major adverse cardiac event. And it turns out that you are less likely to have a major adverse cardiac event if you are, let's just say, fully vaccinated. So I encourage everyone to get fully vaccinated if you very much value your heart health. Anyway, I just want to do some myth busting there. That's all. 
Yeah, that's one of the the persistent uh, uh, anti-vaccine messages. And of course, there are some heart consequences from taking the vaccine. But like all vaccines, it's better than getting COVID. So it's a right. I mean, one of the one of the one of the issues with a lot of the anti-vax narratives is that even if, if even if what they say were true, and it's not. It would still be a better outcome than not having the vaccine. Like you know, they'll they'll, they'll claim things like vaccines cause uh, neurological issues. I would much rather have my kid have a neurological issue than being dead. <laughs> you know? well, they may even have a point for small children, but do we, no, do we, they don't. Really, well, we really don't know the consequences of COVID on children yet. It may be much worse. That's the problem. You're really shooting in the dark with all this stuff. That's the problem with the new disease. Yeah, no, but, you know, but studies have shown that if you want to reduce, you know, cardiac events, yeah, uh, it's it's actually better to get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, I, I was interested in this. We have this plastic everywhere. It's polluting the earth. It's never going to degrade. It's polluting the water and everything. So now they want to use alternative materials. And one of them is fungus. Uh, this tree, tree fungus called the tinder fungus produces very dry fungus material which people use to start fires and it turns out that would be a good alternative to plastic you can it make rigid structures i've seen people that want to use another fungus for like printed circuit boards instead of plastic so they're they're finding these natural materials you could use that are biodegradable to replace plastics and that seems like a very good move as you move forward into the future and uh Irvin has got um what did you say the environment yeah, what was that? I said, "Who needs to save the environment? It'll save itself." That's that's a popular opinion. A little bit out of date with modern thinking, but anyway, Urban's going to make lots of trouble. First, he's got something about diversity, and then you can tell us why in the world you're on the podcast at this strange time. Right. Uh, well, the article is a lot of the people who were overseeing the hiring of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are getting fired as part of the layoffs. Because, you know, the, the companies really want to be all inclusive and all that stuff, or were, were they really looking to make more money? Yeah. And, and let's hear about uh, Cobra Gold. Oh. Uh, so I am on the other side of the planet, literally, because a bunch of nations in the Pacific are gathering together next week and the week after to practice what happens when we all go to war. I am part of the team that trains a bunch of nations on their cyber defense and offense. So I will be on a base uh training training soldiers so you're destroying the world yes we're destroying the world so while while my, the team that i'm part of is doing the cyber stuff there's going to be a bunch of marines who are going to be parachuted down and a bunch of navy exercise and land exercises all kinds of things are going to be happening all around in thailand yeah and then there'll be some this, kind of report I, later right yeah, there'll be some kind of report later. There's going to be over 7,000 troops from 30 countries out and about. Wow, I thought it would just be a few. It's a tabletop exercise, right? They're not really moving yeah. through stuff. 
No, they're actually moving troops around. Oh. Yeah, they're practicing. Okay. Yeah, well, they've been doing this since 82. So is the cyber stuff also going to be like real then, not just tabletop? Yeah. Oh. So it'll be sort of a CTF yeah, a... kind of thing. No, not a CTF, more of an exercise. Okay, where you practice attacking and defending. It's kind of kind of like CCDC, but much more aggressive. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds really good. It's going to be a fun two weeks. Is it all uh, hidden behind uh, like uh, restriction, confidentiality and all that, so you can't talk about it or what? I can't talk about it on the live recording. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. So that's yes. too bad. So it's not all going to be public. I guess some of this would be kept secret within the military of various governments. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but well, it's going to be a, it's a fun time. Oh, I watching think so. soldiers. Yeah, and international coordination is a big issue. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big things that that they're stressing this year is that international coordination among nations when you know a certain five letter country and their partner decides to not practice but actually do this for real. Yeah, like if someone was to fly balloons over your country or some aggressive move like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this one, and we'll have another one on Tuesday.